What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and you're listening to or watching, as the case may be, Christianity Now. Christianity Now is the podcast where we try to talk about contemporary issues that the Lord's Church is facing. Uh, In the past, we've gone to TikTok and gotten videos and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, and quite frankly, I don't know. There's... There's just some stuff that's that's almost too hot to handle. I know that I'm feeling some kind of way about the situation in Israel with Palestine and some of the things that are being said from our higher institutions of learning, some things that are being said by some particular wing of our politics, and it bothers me, but I don't know that that's really, you know, I don't know that that's something really that's going to impact the church. I guess it would if you had a, an eclectic group, but again, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things we can get caught up in. Yep. I mean, like it, it's just very easy to me. Um, yep. Israel has a long standing claim on that land, much longer than Palestinians have been in existence. Uh, much longer than, I mean, it, it was called the land of Palestine in the long ago. Um, uh, we're supposed to be on YouTube. Yes, we are on YouTube according to this. Let me make sure. But um but anyway, but my point is this, you know, if if you've got if you've got a terror group like Hamas that's perpetuating that kind of violence. It says we're on YouTube, the Christianity Now streams. Yes, I want to make sure that we're on I want to make sure that we're actually on. Okay, view my channel. There we go. I'm live on YouTube. So, yeah. That we should be. I'm clicking on it. Oh, yeah. Now, let me shut this off before we get a bad echo loop. Anyway, my stumbled words trying to do too many things at once. Um, Oh, Rusty Kirby says you are on YouTube. And uh, I guess I could have said yes definitively because uh, John Exum, his first comment was good morning and it was from YouTube. So anyway, my stumbled attempt at talking about this Hamas, Palestine, uh, Israel thing is any other nation in the world that gets attacked doesn't have to justify their retaliation. Yeah. So war is hell, period. It's terrible. It's an atrocity. Uh, it's it's described in Scripture as an evil, even when God uses it to accomplish good things. All right? It's bad. Mm-hmm. And a nation that only responds in kind will not be a nation for very long. Whenever somebody comes at you at, on a scale of 1 to 10, if they come at you at an 8, you've got no choice but to respond on a level 10. And and ten plus if you can. That's just how that's just how the world works. I don't like it. That's just the way it is. Anyway, so I know that that Palestine drew first blood, and after anything after what Palestine did in the beginning of October, they quite frankly got what was coming to them. Um, you ask for it. Don't don't punch somebody in the face, and then clutch your pearls whenever they hit you back <laughs> yeah that's and that's war. all i'm gonna say about that all right that's war 
That is war. Well, it's like going. It's, They've been gotta, fighting over there a long, long, long time. I know. And 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 here's the thing: they don't care about us. They don't care about democracy. They want us out of there. My suggestion for the United States of America is let's quit sending money to people. <laughs> let's take care of our, you know, physician, heal thyself. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know. Anyway, yep. that, that's all I've got. And again. I'm not saying there's a moral equivalency. I, I didn't right. mean I didn't mean to get on this, Aaron. But a lot of people, they I know, think we need to send it because Israel's God's chosen people. They think, but yeah, and, and and Israel is an ally in the in in democracy. And I'm like, I don't care. I, I, it's just like whenever Russia invaded Ukraine, I don't care. It's terrible. It shouldn't happen. I don't like it. It's atrocities, but. I'm paying $9 a gallon for gas. I don't care that Russia invaded the Ukraine to take over the Donbass region. That's not my, that's not me. That's not my people. That's not my land. But for so long, nations have done these kinds of things, including the U.S. getting involved in so many other. I know. It would do well for Americans to wake up. I say Americans, the leaders. Yeah. And see that many nations hate us because we're so involved in other nations. Like, That's it. Like, I'm all for protecting ourselves and making decisions that are necessary sometimes, but just constantly going over and making other people's that, wars our wars. Barry O'Dell hit it on the head he right sure there. sure did. Part of the problem is that we are too connected with world events via social media and the 24-hour news cycle. Amen. Here, here's the thing. I'm going to push back on that. I don't <laughs> think ahead. it's part of the problem. Yeah, it is. The I just think it's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, 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 so folks, folks do that up here. The, I, I can't remember what point it was, but I remember it was one of our members up here, Bob Rubel. And he said something to the effect of, it's kind of like <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And I smiled. I said, no, I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe it was kind of like that at all. I just believe it was that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. of course he pulled a smile from the folks. But, but that's the thing, you know, yeah. like we, as humans, we want to, we want to hedge or, or mitigate a little bit because we, we know we're inherently flawed and, and, and understand what I mean by that. I'm not, I'm not talking about anything theological. But we're yep. kind of th- flawed. We suffer from the human condition, so yep. you know we kind of run away from statements of finality. And I'm not—I yep. mean, that, that's me and you and Barry and John Exum and anybody else that's listening. And so we say things like, "Well, you know, part of the problem," or "It seems that if we just no, 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 the the problem is, is we are connected twenty four seven to every event that happens around the world, and we are not designed or evolved to." depending on your paradigm, deal with that. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not designed to deal with the 24 hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it, we, we should, I believe that human empathy has been seared because of the 24 hour oh, news cycle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Sure has. I really do. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just anyway. Well, yeah. And that's why you have, Yeah. Can you call something social if it's not actually social? Why not speak your mind media? (laughs) Well, I I get you there, John, but I I think the reason it's called social media is because there's a social aspect to it, as in everybody's on it. It's the public square, you know, stuff like that. Um, The media brought us the horrors of war with Vietnam. That's it. 
And and look what happened. Now listen, I I, I don't I believe whenever we went to Vietnam, we shouldn't have been there. I believe mm-hmm. it was not good. Mm-hmm. But whenever the troops came back, you you had people spitting on them and throwing things at them yeah. and calling them baby killers. Mm-hmm. And it's because the masses that did not need to see those things saw what war actually is. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I saw Ben Shapiro at Cambridge or Oxford one. I can't remember. Um, he was answering this question about, well, how come Israel isn't uh, considered to be the one in the wrong here? Because only X amount of Israelis were killed on the, at the beginning of October. But when they retaliated, they killed many more members of Hamas and they killed uh, children and they killed civilians. Mm-hmm. And Ben Shapiro said, by that logic, Germany would be the ones with the moral high ground along with Adolf Hitler versus the Allied forces. Because many, many more uh, German troops, many, many, many more of uh, Germans and Japanese died in World War II than Allied forces. So are you saying that Hitler and the Nazis actually would have had the moral high ground? Yeah. You know, nobody would say that. No. We've had no business in any war since Korea. I tend to agree with that, and I don't even know about Korea. And the sad thing is, is Korea nor Vietnam war was officially declared. Mm-hmm. Ne- neither one of those, they're considered conflicts. Yeah. Now, if you want to be disabused of that notion real quick, you go to somebody that was there. Yeah. Buddy, it wasn't a conflict. Your, it was war. Was you, did your dad fight in war? No, Bill, he, Bill? He, he, was okay. in the, he was in the middle. He, he was too old for Vietnam and too young for Korea. Okay. Yeah. But he was a military policeman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he he was in the military. Yeah, he was he in was, the military. Okay. Yeah, he was too old active for battle. Yeah. 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 He was too old for Korea and too young for Vietnam, I think, is how yeah. it worked out. My wife's ninety two year old granddaddy died uh December will be a year ago. Yeah. And he fought in Korea and Vietnam. Yeah, oh well, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe then my daddy wasn't too old for Korea and too young for Vietnam, <laughs> yeah, he was, or vice versa. He, may, may, was, no, no, that would have been right. Yeah, yeah. If he was too young for Korea, but too old for V, I don't know. I yeah, I can't remember exact years when they started. Uh, I know he didn't volunteer to it's go. In the middle late sixties when they started going over there to Vietnam. Yeah, and then, I know, <laughs> I know. Bill started. Bill started with. Um, Bill started at Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company in 1970. <coughs> so that would have meant he he was out of the army, but he'd been out of the army for a few years. Yeah. So maybe maybe he maybe they just didn't call him up. Maybe I've had that wrong all my all these years. Lindsey's granddaddy he fought in the famous battle Battle of Port Chop Hill. If you ever look up Korean yeah. War history, he he was in that battle. His name has been mentioned in a few books, you know. Oh, being wow. In the battle. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And um, then he was in Vietnam, but he, I don't know what you call it, lucky enough, blessed enough or whatever, but because the whole shebang was really bad. But yeah, he, he uh, was an officer 
in Vietnam. He was he commanded ground troops from a helicopter, so he didn't yep. get Agent Orange. He wasn't. Oh wow. He wasn't down there on the ground in the swamps. So yeah. Oh, it's sad. I know he didn't talk about it. He didn't talk about it to me. So no. I left well, him you won't get him. It. You won't yeah. get him talking about it much unless they talk. I won't. Re- you know, interact. Yeah. about it. I just live and be. You know. Yeah. My next door neighbor talks about it sometimes. He yep. has Agent Orange. He's got the yep. whole bad lungs. He sits over there and smokes his cigarettes, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> you almost wonder, like, what's the point? He's a super nice man. And, yeah. Uh, he, he has a lot of the old school Bible principles in him, too, even though he doesn't go to church anywhere, doesn't you yeah. know all that. But anyhow, he will talk about Vietnam sometimes. So I just listen, you know, see yeah. what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll get. So um, I whenever I was running around Weekly County, I was a bouncer uh, at a bar, at a little dive bar that uh, catered to regulars on some days and college students on others. <laughs> and the guy that owned it is what you call a tunnel rat. And he was a tunnel rat in Vietnam. He was probably about five foot eight, five foot <laughs> six, somewhere along in yeah, there. That's me. It, five, it's, it's hard five, for seven. me to gauge. Yeah. But, and he, he was like, he was wiry. Like he he was strong as an ox for like pound for pound, but he was wiry. Yeah. And he didn't tell stories, but other people did. And they told they, they and and there were people that served with him, people that knew him, and he was the guy that went into, like they he could they could smell the VC by some kind of strange spice that they ate, mm. and when they sweat, it would come out of their pores. And he would go down in there with a flashlight and a knife and clear the tunnel. Wow. You got me? Wow. Like he would go kill the VC in the tunnel with a knife yeah. in the dark. Wow. And and that, that was him. He he was a man of few words. He didn't have I to speak bet. much. Mm. But anyway. Some terrifying memories there. Yeah. Well, huh. I'm thinking, I'm not going to call any names, but I'm thinking there there is a graduate of the Memphis school of preaching that graduated with Keith Moser, who was a tunnel rat and has dealt with PTSD. He went on to be educated and he wrote a few books about dealing with PTSD as a Christian mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. Anyhow, some of it is war super terrible. It's about the worst yeah. thing you can do physically. Well, I don't guess it would. Okay. If I'm, I'm just going to call his name. If I'm wrong, then I'll just eat crow. I'm wrong and I'm sorry. Yeah. But I believe I'm speaking of Bobby Gayton. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe I I'm speaking of Bobby Gayton. I remember he wrote at least one book on that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I believe Bobby Gayton was a tunnel rat. Yeah. That that he would go into the tunnel and with a knife and a flashlight and he would come out and there would be dead VC in the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you reconcile? How, how do you? How do you how do you reconcile coming back to the States, uh, living a life of meekness in Christ, having done that? Like, what, what do you do when you're trying to work for a living and you've spent four years in Vietnam doing that and then some wannabe stupid Karen man, femme boy, tries to lord over his authority over you and your bag and groceries? How do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. do, you, do, you, do you jerk him up and, and slap him around and explain to him that, look, son, he ain't going to understand. Now, he won't. 
You'll he'll just the, people, the, you'll just be that, the bad guy. People that were basically correct me if I need to be at a. Uh, but people that were basically commandeered to go to war, like Vietnam, yeah. and drafted, they, and, yeah, drafted, and then they come over here. They come back after doing what they were told to do and supposed to do as a soldier, and got these punks on the street, child killer. Child, it's like I know you weren't there, dude. I mean, the best thing you can it. do is shut up. I don't I agree it. with war either. I think war was terrible. I don't yeah. want to have to kill anybody, but you no. don't talk down to people that were drafted that went to war and that yeah I, let leave them alone pray well, for it, them or something even, or be a listening people, ear or something even people coming out of prison you know you've been in prison 20 years yeah and you've got a 19 year old team leader at the grocery store <laughs> barking at this guy that's been in prison for 25 years mm-hmm. like son you you you're like a rabbit barking at a lion right the only reason you're not dead because that man's chosen not to kill you today. Yeah, for real. And 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 these soft femboy kids growing up have no clue about how dangerous a man is with his bare hands. <laughs> Did you know you, yeah. you know about brass knuckles? Mm-hmm. Do you know why brass knuckles are outlawed? It's not because they're dangerous. Because you can it carry sissies an advantage. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> something to think about. Um, it's not because they're dang, they're 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 outlawed because so many people underestimate how deadly they are, mm-hmm. and will use them without a proper understanding that if I strike you with brass knucks, mm-hmm. that's attempted murder. Mm-hmm. That's assault with a deadly weapon mm-hmm. but no it's just my fist no you don't understand how deadly your fist can be anyway yeah and that's why brass knuckles are outlawed even in states that in, in the united states that have open uh well they have what's called constitutional carry mm-hmm. where you can carry a firearm a, a nine millimeter sidearm with with 21 rounds but you cannot carry a, a a a set of nucks. But I can see a big difference in the two. Oh, there's a huge difference. One is I, I, nobody underestimates how dangerous the firearm is. Right. Right. But people underestimate. And so what happen is and you another don't have is one of them's open. People can see well, yeah. the other. Somebody's got in his pocket and they underestimate. Yeah. They pull it out, pop them, they kill them, pop them right. In the, yeah. They're dead. Yeah. Oh, over yeah. a punch! Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and there, yeah, there's all kinds of issues yeah, about it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> people just don't understand, and yeah. and 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 the world has been nerfed to the point where weak people think it's like that everywhere. Mm-hmm. They think it's like that everywhere. Yeah, Barry says if you've never been in a bare knuckle fight, you have no idea how dangerous that it can be. Mm-hmm. Even an untrained individual. Throwing an uncontrolled punch. He lands it in the right spot. You trip over your feet and you hit your head on the concrete. You're dead or you're a vegetable for the rest of your life. Yep. And people don't understand. Yep. And, and so they, you get these weak, again, the, the, these weak, effeminate boys that while they, whenever they were two, three, and four years old, weren't allowed to experiment with that so they could find the boundaries. And so when they get old, they don't know. They just don't know. A lot of this too, in my mind, is just wisdom. 
Like, don't be stupid. Like, I've yep. never been a fighter. I've never, you know, I one time, and I'm ashamed to say it, but one time when I was a kid, I got in a fight with somebody in the yard and yep. punched the kid in the eye. <laughs> He'll hopefully never hear this, but you know, that was uncharacteristic of me, but I had been provoked. We were, you know, with yep. each other, we were all playing together, playing sports yep. actually. But anyhow, I'm just saying I was never a fight. I was totally out of character for me, but like I got the, my noodle. I mean, I know you see that guy that's been in prison or he looks like he has for 20 years. Yeah. All you got to do is know your boundaries. You don't, don't mess with I that know guy. It. Just well, don't mess with him. Don't so, mess with the Vietnam vet. I know. Just leave him alone. Well, like, you don't have to be a genius to know. You don't have I, to be a fighter to know that. Talking about, I, <laughs> talking about being a bouncer, um, I have seen those young college kids in these fraternities bow up and kind of swell up on a townie. And I, I just, I'll step in the middle. I'll have the townie go to the seat. I'll take the college kid to the door and I'm like, look, you got to come back tomorrow. Cool down. They're like, well, that stupid old man. I like, look at that stupid old man. That stupid old man that you're about to bow up on. He's got sunken knuckles. He's got scars all over his face and he's got one of his ears is cauliflowered. Yeah. You, you, you think that you're like, come on, yeah. man, go yeah. cool off. Right. Yeah, that goes right along with this. That what what my dad always taught me: don't mess with the old man; he'll hurt That's you. Right. I guarantee. My daddy it. always told me: just don't mess with the old man; he'll hurt you. That's it. Barry Odess is the quietest man in the room. He's usually the most dangerous, and usually the <laughs> nicest man in the room is the one that's most dangerous because he knows the ramifications <laughs> of a physical scrap. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if if you're in a crowded room and and, and you bump into somebody and they're giving you an out. Mm -hmm. It's probably for your own good. Yeah. We yeah. ain't talked anything yeah, about like, the church yeah, like of Christ. They, like they're backing out and you're like, oh yeah, come on, sissy. No, they're backing up to give you an out. <laughs> they're going. Yeah, they're, they're protecting the you. The next punch, you're out, dude. <laughs> I guarantee it. Anyhow, you don't have to be a genius. Just use some wisdom. Like you don't. I know. Don't mess with people. Leave people alone. I know. That's a lot of fighting in this world. <laughs> there is. And, and, and I think, I think these guys in Western culture, they just don't the, realize. A lot of the younger generation, the younger people yeah. today don't. I know. We're, feminism is a bit, is probably the reason why. Oh yeah. We're so soft as a, as a society today in America. It's just super soft. Mm. We're, we're, and I, I think it's swinging back. I think the pendulum yeah, is swinging yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, so too. So there, there's you can be red pill, blue pill, black pill, white pill. If if you're if you're red pilled, that means you used to be a Democrat and somebody turned you on to being a Republican or conservative. If you're blue pilled, that means you used to be a Democrat. I mean, a, a Republican or a conservative, and somebody turns you on to being a Democrat or liberal. So I, I don't talk too much about those, but I do talk about black pill, white pill. If you're black pilled. You have consumed something that's that makes you think it's all gloom and doom. There's no hope. We're all, you know, just the world's going straight to the flames of Gehenna. There's no hope for us. That's black pill. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the government's trying to get everybody to be right now is black pilled. Like, oh, there's no hope because people who are hopeless are easy to control. Yeah. However, I am white pilled. Because of the things that I see, 
I see all kinds of good things. I see all kinds of, of, of things that fill me with hope. Yeah. There, there are people on the edges of morality that are fumbling around in the dark that are drawing these conclusions and they just keep getting closer and closer to Judeo Christian values. Yeah. I, that white pills me. Yeah. Go on TikTok and search for things that are good. You will find things that are good. You will be white pilled. Yeah. If you search for things that are bad, you're going to find them. Yeah. And, and you're going to be black pilled. Yeah. I, I, I see that. Uh, powers that be want people to be without hope. So you might as well just give in. Might as well. I mean, you might as well not. Don't fight the system. I mean, that's right. Might as well do it together. What Big Brother says. They'll, yeah. Big Brother will take care of you, you know, and that kind of mess. Absolutely. Totally. Well, man, this has been a 25-minute introduction to our podcast. Yeah, let's talk about the Church of Christ and how let's it's Let's get down into it. First off, we, as we do all the time, I can't see. Right there it is. So, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Um, oh, hey, hey, Alabama. I have not heard of the other two pills, but she says I am white-pilled. And that's good. White-pilled people are our kind of people. We, we, we want to, we want to be realistic with the things that are going on, but I still have hope. How about you, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Lindsay Faye Dyson at gmail.com. Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches, whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics. Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com today. Folks, Lindsay does a good job. We've used her up here in Riverview, and we have a little commercial that I made that's got uh, kind of a portfolio of what she's done. And send her an email and get her to design your next flyer. You'll be happy that you did. And if we are doing something today that we've never done, we are streaming live in the Christianity Now Facebook group. And I put a post in the We Talk Truth group asking everybody to come over to subscribe or to follow the Christianity Now Facebook group. It's a little bit different. It's not going to be as heavily curated, which means you have more freedom in the group. Um, You have more freedom in the group as a member. So right now, me and Aaron are the only admins. Uh, We're going to be looking for some moderators and stuff like that as the group grows. But I would like to grow this group up to several thousand members and and use that as a hub to talk to our followers. And I think that's about the best way, and that's what Facebook's designed. Aaron? The one thing that'll be cool about that is you can share stuff out of the group. That'll be yes. that'll be good. I mean, that's, where you couldn't, you right. you cannot on the We Talk Truth group. Right, right. You had to be added to it, and it was private; couldn't be found and stuff. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. No, I if mean, you want it's, that. I mean, yeah, but we want another. We want another one. We want yeah. a group where you can share stuff from it, and this, that, and the other. Yeah. All right. I put together a little a little list. Well, where are it? Right there. All right. So full transparency. Uh, there is uh, some AI from Bing 
and I've been messing with it a little bit. Um, so I made a list and I, I basically asked the chat, I asked the artificial intelligence, the church of Christ believes it is not a denomination. As such, it holds some very, uh, strong views from a fundamentalist interpretation of God's word. From the perspective that the Church of Christ is is not a denomination, how does the Church of Christ differ from denominations and some of and from the from the Church of Christ's perspective, what are some of the crazy doctrines out there that denominations believe that the Church of Christ doesn't? Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't do that. Huh. Wouldn't compete. I, I, I really wanted it to, but oh. because I wanted to see from its perspective. But it didn't. It just but didn't it compete. didn't. It couldn't. Yeah. It, it was too abstract. It couldn't reverse yeah. engineer that. But what yeah. it did do is with my list of stuff, I, I gave it four or five things, and yeah. then it added some stuff. So we have ten things, <laughs> which that, shows this is just known knowledge. I mean, well, that, that's the thing. It, that's, it, it is known. Not in other words, this is it. This is known. This is th- th- this is this is how this is how the public yeah. views the difference. Between quote unquote Church of Christ doctrine versus the, the denominations. Yeah. All right. Jonathan Exum says, I'm in equipping expositors ministry. He's, t- he's talking about in the group. Uh, I think so. Now group. Yeah. All right. So teachings that set the Church of Christ apart from denominations. All right. Infant baptism. The church traditionally, the Church of Christ traditionally believes in believers' baptism. Now they have that quote unquote. And I want to talk about that, meaning that a person must make a conscious decision to accept Christ before being baptized. Other denominations, now the language here is what they used I mean, is, is is going to be language that that the denominations use. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to have this is written by artificial intelligence from the assumption that the Church of Christ is just another denomination. Right. All right. But I think this is interesting, yes, and it quite is. frankly, uh, Aaron, I think it hit it. I, I think it, everything on this list is what I would have put there. Mm, yeah, except I would like you. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about believers' baptism. Yeah, ha, have you? I see you. You have you got a reference to that yeah. on your phone of what well, believers' got, baptism actually is? Uh, no, but I've got your. I've got the document you sent oh, it to okay. me right okay. before, and I had it pulled up. Gotcha. Yeah. The idea of believer's baptism is that a person's already saved before they're baptized, right? Yes. I mean, they are a believer. They are a Christian. Then they get baptized for different reasons. An outward know? show of an inward change. Yeah, showing they're already saved or that kind of thing. Right. But but <clears throat> the, the Church of Christ does not. But, so that, that tells you that the artificial intelligence is uh, it didn't pick yeah. up, didn't pick up on some nuance there. Either right. that or it picked up on nuance. And it didn't feel the need to correct or be pedantic because of the nuance. Yeah. Yeah. I shared a post the other day about Baptist. Oh, Baptist doing spontaneous baptisms now since they noticed so many examples in the Bible. I saw that. I saw that too. And, and in this artificial intelligence, it says after believes in believer's baptism. Meaning yep. that a person must make a conscious decision to accept Christ before being baptized. I mean, again, that's a little it, nuanced, but yeah, we it, it that, defines the it. Bible does teach that you have to make yeah. a decision before you're baptized. 
Well, the, the, the inference there to, is you have to be of an age yeah, exactly. that is able to believe. Right. Exactly. But that's the first prerequisite for salvation. Yes, absolutely. You've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah, a baby, a child can't do that. All right. So baptism by sprinkling or pouring, closely related to the first point, the Church of Christ generally insists that baptism must be by immersion based on the meaning of the Greek word baptizo <laughs> and the example of Jesus's own baptism That's amazing. in the Jordan River. I, I know it's like I'd, I'd preach this uh, <laughs> in Mark chapter one, verse 10. Other denominations, of course, you know what yeah. we believe about that, yeah. that accept sprinkling or pouring are seen as deviating from the biblical model. <laughs> wow. You get AI. You get the reason why. <laughs> yep, that is the case. That, that well, it, it did. They do deviate. Like, here's the thing: you you can argue all day long that sprinkling or pouring is just fine and it's acceptable in the eyes of God. But what you cannot do is you cannot say that it's that, that it's an example found in the Bible. Right. You cannot you cannot defend it as saying, well, it's it's how we see it done in the Bible. Right. Yeah. I like this one, Aaron. The role of good, good works in salvation. Yeah. I didn't know when I was reading this first, even before I sent it to you, I didn't know where they were going with this. Yeah. Um, a distinctive belief among many churches of Christ is the exclusive view. Uh, exclu whoops, wrong. Sorry. Many in the church of Christ argue that while good works are a natural outcome of faith, they do not contribute to one's salvation. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 is often quoted to emphasize salvation by grace through faith alone without works. <laughs> Would you, as a, as a member of the Church of Christ, use Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 to emphasize salvation by grace alone? <laughs> through faith By grace alone. through faith alone, rather, without works? Like, I, so from a certain perspective, yes, I would. Yeah. Faith, we're saved by grace through faith alone. It's nothing. Our good works do not contribute one iota right. to our salvation. Yep, that's right. From a certain perspective. Yeah. From another perspective, Aaron, they're what save us. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, obeying God's that's works of faith is not our good works. That's the thing. You know? Exactly. Obeying what God said is not our works. It's it's what God it's God's works. It's God's command. Exactly. Yes. And and again, keep in mind that this is this is this is Bing's AI. This is not coming from uh, a, a trusted theologian or even a trusted source. It's just just this is what people understand of the Church of Christ. And again, I I, I think they've hit it for, again from a certain perspective. I think they hit it right here because I argue that good works are a natural outcome of faith. They do not contribute to one's salvation. Because I cannot earn my salvation. Yeah. Just like if I'm drowning in a sea and you throw a lifeline and say, I'm giving you the gift of salvation, just reach out and take my lifeline. No, because I now I'm earning it if I have to reach out and take it. You're never going to get the lifeline unless you reach out and take it. But that's not work that earns your salvation. That's right. I wouldn't so, even think of that as a good work. That's that that's that's doing what God said. To be forgiven, to become a Christian. That's yeah, I know it. I think people, of good works is the acts that you do because you're saved. Well, that that's Ephesians that's, two. That's, that's, that's verse 2, 10. ten. That's what verse ten is saying. For for, for we are his work, workmanship. 
created in Christ Jesus for or unto good works. Yep. That he hath before ordained that we may walk in them. Yes. So like we're 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 given good works to do after we're saved. That's right. And and I actually heard a, a, a teacher in Bible class one night on a Wednesday break down the works, those good works that we should walk in him. Among them he listed hear, believe, repent, confess, and be <laughs> baptized. It's like, no, you got the order wrong there. Well, yeah, you you do all that before you're God's workmanship. Yeah, exactly. The first, you know, you you hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, and then God, God, recreates you. Yeah, you are now then at that point His workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good work. That's the new birth. Yeah, alone indicating that something is confined to the specific subject or recipient. Yeah, I I get you, John. But now I I take no look. A Christian is saved by grace alone. I have no problem saying that. There's nothing else in this world that is responsible for the salvation of a man but grace. I have no problem saying that whatsoever. That is a general statement. If I'm being honest with with the person with whom I'm speaking, that is a general statement that is 100% truth. There, there's, it's all truth, 100% truth value. Um, that does not, that does not preclude obedience because here's the thing. I can say that grace alone is how I'm saved, but I cannot say that obedience alone is how I'm saved. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a wholly different yeah. animal. It's not grace alone the way they say it. That that's no. the thing. That, well, that you got to again proper define, definition of yeah, terms. As he said, I think he did. Or uh, Mammoth Spring words mean things. Yeah. Did you see, uh, Did you see John's comment on the asking the AI about the Church of Christ? That was interesting. Oh uh, yeah. He said I asked AI on the Church of Christ and on. And this is part of what it said. It's important to note that the while the Church of Christ shares some beliefs and practices with other Christian denominations, it also has distinct characteristics that set it apart. The denomination's emphasis on biblical authority, simplicity in worship, and the role of baptism are key distinguishing factors. In conclusion, the Church of Christ is a Protestant denomination that emerged in the 19th century as part of the Restoration Movement. Adherents seek to restore the practices and beliefs of the early church, as described and the New Testament, they emphasize biblical authority, simplicity. They got some things right there. And they got some things yeah. wrong. Protestant denomination, you know, 19th oh, yeah. century. That's well, a you know how I feel about that. I think that's 100% correct for a lot of congregations that hang Church that are, of Christ on their yeah. door. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anything yeah. else about the role of works in salvation? <clears throat> no. Yeah, I mean we we don't teach a work salvation and I think even this even this short little document from the AI agrees with that. Mhm. Because the Church of Christ argue that while good works are natural, they don't contribute to one salvation. All right, here's a big hot point of contention. The use of instrumental music in worship. A distinctive belief among many churches of Christ is the exclusive use of a cappella singing in worship services based on New Testament practices and the absence 
of explicit New Testament authorization for the use of <laughs> instruments in worship. Wow. The AI wow. wrote this with, with an implicit understanding <laughs> that there's no New Testament authorization for the use of instruments. I'm sorry. When the Calvinists start seeing that, they're going to think that it's members of the church that are controlling the AI. <laughs> I know. You're going to start a lawsuit, man. I know. <laughs> And like I said, I I don't think this is I don't think this is saying. I, I in other words, it's it's kind of like that in, in Acts chapter eight verse eighteen, when Simon saw that by the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered him money. So you can't say that well that's just what Simon perceived and that's not what was really going on. No, grammatically look at it, you have a third party narrator. A third-person narrator mm-hmm. writing in third-person omnipotent, omniscient, sorry, third-person yeah. omniscient. When Simon saw, well, what did he see according to the third-party omniscient, third-person omniscient narrator? That, that through the laying on in the apostles' hands. Yes, he could have just as easily say, when Simon saw that every time it rained, the grass grew more lush. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, look at, listen, listen to how this is read. A distinctive belief among many churches of Christ is the exclusive use of the a cappella singing in worship based on New Testament practices. So it's based on New Testament practices and the absence of explicit New Testament authorization for the use of instruments in worship. It's so this third party omniscient writer, narrator, is saying that the Church of Christ believe that you should only use acapella based on this fact. Mm-hmm. So it's not denying the fact. That's right. Right. Like this is a big deal to me. It sure is. <laughs> it's a huge thing. It's saying this is a fact and this is why they do that. Like, yes. Well, so why don't others do that? You know, that's the immediate. Exactly. If AI gets it because they have the same data that we do, the Bible. It's like, right. <laughs> Denominationalism. The Church of Christ often rejects the concept of denominationalism, viewing it as a division among believers that is contrary to the unity for which Jesus prayed in John 17, 20-21. They believe in a restoration of the early church as described in the New Testament. Again, notice, as described in the New Testament. I like that. <laughs> it's regardless of what the Church of Christ, quote-unquote, believes, or what you can argue is acceptable by God, what is described in the New Testament is a unified group of believers That's right. uniting on particular beliefs. Do you have your New Testament handy? Yeah, I got it right here. Would you read John 17, 20, and 21? I sure. want to make a point here pretty sure. quick. Oh, yeah. John 17, 20, and 21. I could quote it, but I don't want to. I want to make sure I get it. 100% correct. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Twice. That they all may be one. Mm-hmm. The greatest testimony to the world of God's existence and Jesus's mission 
is the unity of the church. Wonder why there's so much unbelief. Because of the denominations. Yep. Because we insert feelings and behold our thoughts and egos and stuff where just the simple words of the scriptures ought to govern, ought to guide. But you have people that go to passages like Acts 2.38 and they say, well, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean what it says. That's how, yeah. that's how blatant false teachers are in our day and time. Yeah. First, you know, I, I, was, you know, I was standing on a porch with a fella and I identified who I was and, and where I'm from. And he says, oh, you're, you believe that there's power in the water. You believe baptism saves you. I'm like, well, I said, I guess in a sense, I said, but that's what the Bible says. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say baptism saves you. I'm like, I, I beg your pardon. I said, but what if I showed you a verse in which it was explicitly stated that baptism now saves us? Mm-hmm. And he said it wasn't in there. So I turned First Peter 3, 20 and 21, and I handed it to him. And when he read it, he threw my Bible back at me. <laughs> wow. And said, that's not what it means. Hmm. But, it's, what, but it says that. Yeah, but it doesn't mean what it says. I know. That, that's, and that's and quite thing. frankly, you and I both would teach that there's nuance to that verse. And if all you use 1 Peter 3.21 for is to teach that baptism is necessary for salvation, you've missed the boat. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're grossly underutilizing that verse. Yeah, you're missing the point as to why Peter said that. Yeah. But you can't deny that the words are in there. Yeah. So then if I'm saying that it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, I feel like there's something for else. For God's glory alone. For God's glory. Like, like you know, may, may, maybe, maybe, maybe you need to go read John or James 2, where it says faith without works is dead, being alone. Yeah. And then go to 1 Peter 3, 21, we'll back to those one else save us. So that means then that I have to take a holistic approach and figure out the nuance of this, that it's not yeah. just, well, I'm just going to go to one passage of Scripture. Yeah. I mean, well, Jesus told Judas, um, whatsoever you're going to do, go do quickly. And Judas went and hanged himself. And then Jesus looked at the group and said, go thou and do likewise. Yeah. All three of those passages are in the Bible. But if you string them together like that, you've taught a false doctrine. Yep. Well, in First Peter three, and I know we're not going through a whole exegesis, but he, Peter says he's discussing people that are suffering for Christ, and he's talking about them having a good conscience when they're suffering. Yeah. Your your baptism is reminding you that you have a good conscience about your life and your death, your salvation, your preparation for the afterlife. Because your baptism is tangible in this realm of existence. Yes. So even if you, when you, when the sword's at your neck and you can't, you can't form theological reasoning. Yeah. All you do is say, swing away. I've been baptized. That's all you can focus on. Which implies you have to be baptized. Yes. To to see the afterlife with God. (laughs) Yes. You know. But the purpose for which Peter wrote, like we said, it's nuanced. It's, he yeah. didn't write 1 Peter 3.21 to a bunch of atheists to approve they got to get baptized to get into Christ. 
He wrote to a bunch of Christians to tell them, here's how you deal with your suffering and your pain. That's it. That's it. That's what so many people miss about that passage, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But but yeah, Yeah, I think it's, I think it's so much stronger whenever you preach it in its context. In fact, a really good sermon is to take both is to take first Peter three fifteen, uh, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts uh, and be ready to answer every to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Well, the answer of a good conscience is baptism. Mm-hmm. So what's the answer that you should be ready to give? I've been baptized. Right. So in any situation where you are so stretched, where you're so compressed, where you're so bent out of shape, where you're so traumatized that you can't think. You can only say, well, you know, how come you can still confess Jesus, the son of God? What's this reason for you to have this great hope that's keeping you going while I've been baptized? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's it. Amen. All right, John Exum has got some good comments there. I'll, we don't really have enough time to read them. He's, he's talking about conversations he's had with Alexa. Yeah, I encourage everybody to read um, those comments if we don't. I mean, those are so, that's, that's very telling. Yeah, so something to think about. No two people's Google experience is the same, and Alexa is mm-hmm. part of Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Weinstein and his brother uh, have done extensive research on this. And one thing that's interesting is in the United States, I think uh, 50-something percent of Republicans are sent a notification through Facebook to go vote on Election Day, but 100% of Democrats were sent a notification to go vote on Election Day. Surprise. Surprise. Yes. And when Ted Cruz sent a letter to Alphabet and to Facebook um, calling this out in Georgia, it immediately stopped, but only in Georgia. Huh. Like all the discrepancies and stuff. It's a very interesting rabbit hole to go down. But no two. That, that, that's why, like my, my, my poor old wife. I'll say, hey, would you Google this phrase and type in near me because I'm trying to think of this store that I looked at and I want to go to. Well, she says, why are you asking me to do this? It never works. And you know what? It doesn't. And I thought it was because of some shortcoming of hers. Yeah, she's just doing it wrong. (laughs) No, but she's not. Because her Google is different than my Google. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Um, it's based on what they want it to be. That's for sure. Yes. Oh, it's curated. It yeah. is curated. All right. We got a few more here. Um, the Lord's supper, the frequency of communion is another point of distinction. Mm-hmm. Many in the church of Christ observe the Lord's supper every Sunday as they interpret acts 20 and verse seven to indicate a <laughs> weekly observance. Now this is very, very important. Because the the AI is not saying that Acts 20 and verse 7 does mean it's a weekly observant. Yeah, they. Which, which, strengthen, which strengthens the other two things that we pointed out 
where the third party omniscient or the third person omniscient narrator is saying, here's what the Bible teaches. And this is why the church of Christ believes that. Yeah. So, so, so in other words, the baseline, the AI is telling me it can differentiate. The AI doesn't believe that Acts 20 and verse seven indicates a weekly observance. Right. But the AI does believe that there's no authorization for the mechanical instrument of music. Yeah. And there's no authorization in the scriptures for sprinkling or pouring. Yeah. Uh, that's just, y'all, that's a big deal. I don't see how they miss it on Acts 20, verse 7. I mean, they did, they well, did, it, they did it on the first day of the week. I, mean, I know. It's, it's easier to miss than, than the other two. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. give them that yeah. at least. Yeah, it's a, so. you know, you, yeah. you got you to gotta remember, AI is not nuanced. AI is a very fancy predictive text. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's no thinking going on here. Right, right. It just takes, it, it, with Bing, it has up-to-date access to everything that's on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, it's just taking everything that, 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 that the compendium of man is, everything in the compendium of man and taking it and doing predictive text. Yeah. So, understand that there's no, there's no real intelligence or wisdom or anything here. So it, 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 it is, in other words, it's not complex enough to get the nuance of Acts 20 and verse 7. Like, why did Paul wait for a whole week? Yeah. It wasn't so they could come together for a common meal. Right. And incidentally, why are we told in Acts chapter 27 when they came together to break bread? We know that we don't meet for breaking bread. We meet for worship. But it's, ne- it's necessary to the narrative because we had to know what, what day it was. We had to know what Paul yeah. was doing. We had to know that this was a, we had to know that this was a, uh, it wasn't a common meal. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, right. this, and this, this act is done on Sunday. I mean, that's what the passage, that's what that's it's it. a reference, you know, a record of. That's it. But yeah. In, it in, in fact, the assembly is worship to God. We were we were at my in laws' house, and um, oh, absolutely, Ted! It's so clear that the Lord's Day is the time to come to the table, the only time. Well, the, the, in fact, the Lord's Day and the Lord's Supper. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the phrase. I can't remember the word for a single occurrence of a word in Scripture. But, I mean, I'll look it up right here. It's 1 Corinthians 10. This is interesting. I learned this from... Uh, who does In Search of the Lord's Way? Phil Sanders. I learned this from Phil Sanders. Where am I going? To heaven? Hopefully. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 10, you said. Yeah. Yeah, heaven, ultimately, hopefully. If I if I keep living like I'm living now, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, you got reservations. You got reservations. I got reservations. I just got to show up. Yeah, you better keep them. (laughs) You don't cancel your reservations, brother. It's worth it. All right, bear with me. We're we're... oh no, it's 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 eleven. It's eleven. You talking about the Lord's Day? Well, hold on a second. Cancel. 
Where, where is it at? Yeah, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, no, where is Lord's Supper? Uh, 11.20. Oh, is it? Good grief, Tony. Well, that's one of them. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Yeah, right here. Kyriakos. Kyriakos. Now, it means belonging to the Lord. All right? Yeah. Uh, Pertaining to the Lord. Kyriakos. Kyriakos. And then... Now, when you go to... But here's the thing. It's it's here and in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. That's right. That's what I was looking at in Revelation, yeah. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Well, it's like there, there's some. That you take of the Lord's Supper on the Lord's day. Well, it, how hard is that? It says it. It looks like it can mean a day pertaining to the Lord in any sense or for any reason, either because he claimed it as his own and had set it apart for his own service or because it was designed to commemorate some important event pertaining yeah. to him. Well, that, that's the thing. The, the, that would be communion and the worship. Yeah. Well, uh, the Korea Kos is... Belonging to the Lord or related to the Lord. It's the yeah. Lord's. So, I mean, if it's the Lord's Supper, just eat it on the Lord's day. I feel like if that's the only two, if that's the only, if that's the only two passages I had, I would eat the Lord's Supper on the Lord's day. It's like, in my opinion, I may be wrong. Even if Revelation 1.10 is not talking about Sunday. Sunday's still the Lord's day. Like, Sunday is still the Lord's day. Because that's the liturgy of the church on the first day of the week. Yeah. That's when they're commanded to not forsake that. So, like, Well, that's even, Acts chapter, even, we, get, we get through Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. Yeah, yeah. And we also know that they were gathered on the first day of the week because that's whenever they um, put forth uh, sacrifices come across the altar. Yeah. They brought their carnal things because they were, they were partaking of the preacher or the teacher's spiritual things. Mm-hmm. It's First Corinthians chapter nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dead hook night. The the first day belongs to the Lord because it's the Lord's day. That's right. And incidentally, it's the day that Jesus was resurrected. That's right. The day Jesus appeared. The day Jesus established His church. There really is yeah. a lot of significance with Sunday. Oh, there really is. Did you know that you can track? Uh, I can't remember. You'd have to look back. You'd have to go back on Cindy Colley's stuff. But Cindy Colley and some of her friends came up here in the spring of 2023, like the spring of this year, to go to Prince Edward Island to look at all the stuff there. And incidentally, if anybody y'all want to come up to do a vacation, I highly suggest coming up here during the spring or summer and going to Prince Edward Island. It is amazing. Yeah. We haven't been, but it's amazing. And you can always waylay in Moncton. We'll put you up. You don't have to spend money for a hotel or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I say we will. And it depends if, if 
If you, if you look all shady and stuff, we're going to make you get a hotel. But <laughs> if you look all right, we'll we'll put you up somewhere. We'll judge anyway. by appearance and not according to righteousness. Yeah, no, we'll we'll judge by appearance. <laughs> You're right. Uh, anyway. If you look mean, we'll take you. If you look nice, we don't want you. You're a sissy. No, I'm just kidding. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but um, so Cindy Colley, she was like, do you know what today is? Because they, they come and they visited at Riverview. And she said, uh, I said, well, I mean, it's a Sunday, obviously, but I feel like there's something more. She said, this Sunday is the actual Sunday that Jesus was resurrected. And we can know that. I think like Foy E. Wallace or uh, some other great scholarly mind of old calculated it. And yeah, it's it's pretty easy to... It's around the time of what people call Easter today, surely. Oh it? yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think that this Easter was the actual resurrection day. Wow. Is what I think. Yeah. Sometimes I could it's be not wrong. The, sometimes maybe it's not the right day, maybe. Or ninety nine percent ninety nine percent of the time it's not the right day. Huh. Because it changes every year with our Gregorian calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Israel used a lunar calendar, so Yeah. Which incidentally the Gregorian calendar is very, very accurate to the point where there are scientists who are atheists that say we're not doing this silly BCE and BC. We're doing AD and BC because it's because yeah, well, it's, it's because we're not going to rob anything from the Gregorians, the yeah. Gregorian monks, the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church gave us the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. I think maybe I need to Google. Let me need to go Probably. to AI. Hey, being AI, what, who were the Gregorian monks anyway? All right. I don't know what made me want to say this because not what we're talking about, but you mentioned about if they, people want to come up there and see that area. Yeah. It, if I come, I want to see y'all, but I want to see some hockey and Moncton or something in Canada. Well, you, like if you I need come to come to there Canada, in the you have to watch a hockey game. I don't care if it's a minor league kids game. It's yeah. like you don't go to Canada to not watch hockey. That's what the whole world of Canada does. They do. Well, then you got to come in the winter time. I know. Probably. So then, well, I guess they probably play it year round up there. I'd have to look into it. Got you. I don't know. Well, you figure. Well, you figure yeah. out when you want to come to for a hockey game. I'm we'll accommodate saying, you. <laughs> right. Don't care about y'all. Just. I'm just saying. It's like going to the Rocky Mountains, but you don't really look at the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, know? going to the going to the Grand Canyon, but don't look at the ditch. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm with Anyhow. you. What's up, Jason Goldtrap? Good to see you. And, uh, yeah, would it even make sense if it was any other day than the first day of the week? The Bible in the Old Testament, first fruits, the first fruits of the flock, etc. Uh, could it be any other day but the first? Like, no. Yeah, I mean, you give the first day to God. Yeah. We see saying like would would it was he talking about the Revelation one passage the it no, or just no 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 would he, I think generally speaking okay. Okay. would would the Lord's day being any other day but the first day of the week make yeah. sense yeah because of all the preponderance of times in Scripture where God says I want your first mm-hmm. I want the premiere is there a sense also though then unless 
that every day is the Lord's, that it belongs to him. I mean, well, there, there's a sense. That's I mean, general, the, the cattle though, on a thousand hills are mine. That's right. But that's different than the first day of the week has all this significance. All right. This, as we would say, theological significance. Yes. I say, as we would say, as some might say. I don't know. Yeah. Don't use that word a whole lot, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, if you really want to sound pompous, use the word salvific. Yeah. Salvific. The salvific process consists of many uh, nuanced and a rich tapestry of homeopathic something. Which indicate the, yeah, I can't do anything like that. <laughs> Which indicate Ted, the, the great theology of the Bible. <laughs> Ted, your, your, your hat on your faith walks has gotten a lot of comments. It's almost like it's like it's his little own, a little own, own little entity. Ted says, if Aaron wears that cap that he wore the other day, you would have to put him up with the shady guys. Uh, Ted evidently is not a Red Wolves fan. <laughs> yeah, somebody commented on there like, what is that? You're serving the devil. I'm like, it's a wildcat. God made wildcats. What are you, uh, what I are thought you? it was a Red Wolf. It is a Red Wolf. I, that's what I said. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, it's okay. a wolf. That's what I said. It's a wolf. I mean, God made wolves. What's so satanic about it? Well, I guess because it's red, you know. It just looks bad. It's like, well, blood's red. God made blood. Let's That's get right. off of it. But anyhow, I know Ted. I know Ted. We know him. Yeah. He's, he's messing with it. I, yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, as soon as I get this stuff down there to you, um, we need to get Ted down there in your office and have him on the show. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, there, maybe, there's a maybe there's a. Could, if he don't mind, maybe if he could comment, if he don't want to, he could message us privately, but maybe where he I think maybe he's somewhere around Greenbrier or something like that. It's, it's a couple of I feel hours, like he's close. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely, he, but he comes up to Jonesboro. Don't you, Ted? I think you come up sometimes. So he just well, he grew on. up around Herman junction around Bay. Yeah. So he's bound to so, come back here sometimes. So he come back up here and slide in here on 2001 West Washington Avenue. And that's it. We can, we can have somebody on here been preaching longer than we've been alive. I thought Ted was just getting started. Okay. Yeah, he said Conway. I thought he was a yeah, I thought he close. was a young up and comer. <laughs> but like, you remember <laughs> Ted, I, I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but I heard Tom Holland. Tom Holland talked about whenever he first started preaching, everybody said, Oh, he's got so much talent. Think about how good he'll be when he gets a little maturity. And then Tom Holland said, Now he said, like, I missed that window. And then at the end of my life here, he said, everybody says, boy, listen to Tom Holland. Can you imagine how good he was in his prime? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we had to look forward to, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Oh, that Tony Brewer, boy, he was so good. He, can, can you imagine what how good he was back in the day? Yeah. Well, sadly, you won't have to imagine because everything I've done is online and that might be a that might that might that, that that might not be a boon to my credit. Yeah. Ted says Tom is right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. And John said as long as I don't have a Taylor Swift hat, I'm okay. So there you go. <laughs> Taylor Swift hat. So I've got a giggle box going on today. I'm sorry. It's just like No, it's all good. It's man. one of them days. I'm having a good day. I'm enjoying this so much. All right. We got four more. Let's see if we can get get through them here real quick. The end times and millennialism and i will this this has nothing to do with any kind of knowledge that's going to add value to your life or day but i'm going to tell you how i spell premillennialism 
when I have to write it. There is a song that this one dude did about millennials. And the, the chorus of the song is M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L, gotta love millennials. Never heard that. There he's sitting in the coffee shop. Uh, something and a man bun with facial hair. Wondering why he's got no job. He thought for sure by now he'd be a millionaire. <laughs> like it, it's a funny song. Yeah. But M I L L E N N I A L gotta love millennials. So anyway. What's it called or who is that? Just uh I'll just type up millennial song. Okay. I guarantee you'll find it. I don't know. I don't Brent, think I could play it. Brent Stewart? Probably. Is it black guy? Light skinned dude. I don't know. I'm surprised no, no, I'm I have li- not. I'm actually listening on Spotify, so there's no commercials or anything. Let's see. Oh, okay. But it... no, this is some kind of orchestra or something. Oh, yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. I will, I will find it. I will steal it and I will upload it. Yeah. I need to do some more research online. All right, here we go. End times and millennialism. Various Christian groups have different eschatological views, such as premillennialism or postmillennialism. Many in the Church of Christ hold to an amillennial view, believing that Jesus reigns now and rejects the idea of a future thousand-year physical reign on earth. Well, that is correct. That is correct. Um. Oh, pretty dog in the background. Where are you, Maslow? This is this is Maslow. Yeah, see the show's mascot. Yeah, come here. Come on, mascot. Nope, Maslow, you got to come over here. Yeah, come on. There you go. There he is. What's up, buddy? He don't know what to do because he don't hardly ever get called up there. No. No, when he does, it's always on my left side. Yeah. He, he's a good one. He's neat. four years old now, I think. Yeah. Y'all got him like right before y'all moved up here, maybe a year yeah. before or less. Yeah, about a year before. Yeah, I remember when we had him out there at Craighead at the lake. Yeah, he boy. He pictures of him out there. We could start putting that in some of our paraphernalia for the show. That's right. Oh, I got a picture. I got a picture of him jumping on a coon. To attack a coon, boy, he he looks good. Cool. All right. End times premillennialism. Look, there ain't a lot to say here. Um, I think that you could probably hold a premillennial view and still go to heaven as long as you didn't teach it. As long <laughs> yeah. as you didn't deny other basic tenets of the scripture. In other like, words, like the kingdom Christ is now reigning, the kingdom is now here. That kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. So like. And, and and before anybody stones me or take what I said out of context, I'm not saying that you can be a quote unquote premillennialist and go to heaven. Yeah. Because a full blown dispensational premillennialist believes that yeah. the church and the kingdom are not one and the same. Right. That Jesus is not so so it denies Christ. Okay? Yeah. But I believe let's let's just take a congregation of a hundred people. If you could interview them where they would answer honestly 
I think a lot of them you will find have some far out there eschatological views. Mm-hmm. And Ted Knight says, I agree. What? Hey, what if somebody said, I believe that the church is the messianic phase of God's kingdom today, a.k.a. Okay. it's the kingdom, the church and okay. the kingdom. And there's one church, the church of Christ and the Bible. You must be added to it by obedience to the gospel. Christ is now reigning. And they add, now when he comes, I think he's going to set up a kingdom on earth. It's the same kingdom, but it'll be a millennial kingdom. You know, they start adding these things after Jesus has come. I'm like, that ain't, so, that ain't right, but it's like, I, it's not like, right. And I like, hope, I hope they uh, go to heaven. <laughs> I, 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 the judge of all the earth is going to do right. Yeah. And that's where, as long as they're not denying the core tenets, exactly. In other words, Jesus's identity, Jesus's sonship, Jesus's deity, the fact that Jesus is currently on the throne of David, then I, I wouldn't be able to withdraw fellowship from them. Gen- yeah. John says MacArthur believes exactly that, which MacArthur's wrong for fun- fundamentally wrong for other reasons. Yeah. But in that one area, if I'm not mistaken, he does not say Christ is not now reigning. He says Christ is now reigning. He is the king. He is the only way to heaven. The I, church I is established. Right. And he does say there's one church. He yeah. misunderstands what it is. But Yes. And and again, it, it I think it goes back. Well, I don't know if he misunderstands, but he teaches it wrong. <laughs> um Oh, what is that? It's, Tony, it's, I'm wondering if these false teachers, if they some of them don't misunderstand it, they just teach it wrong. They know. I full I, oh, dude, I fully believe I, that there are a subset of false teachers that that know the truth but teach falsehoods because it's more profitable. I'm not the judge of the earth, so it don't matter. But just for talking because of the show, I, I I think that about MacArthur. I do. I, th- I, think I haven't he, studied him enough to I, know. I, Aaron. I think I think he knows on a few of these things, but he don't. But I, I could be wrong. There's probably other people that studied him more than I have. You know, John I'm, might could comment on that. I don't know, but it don't. What's Titus something? three? Yeah, Titus three ten. Here's what I'm thinking of, Aaron. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he is, he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned in itself. Now. How do you know whether or not he's a heretic? It's because he's teaching the the heretical views. That tells me then if he's not teaching the heretical views, give him space to grow. Yeah. Now, if he does, and and, and I'm going to pull a page from Robert R. Taylor's book here. I have been told by people that I trust who know a lot more than me about the Greek language that the nuance of chapter uh, 3, verse 10 here is a man that is an heretic after the first and no more than the second admonition reject. In other words, you don't give them a platform. Right. No more so than like the if, second. Yeah. yeah. Now, if, if, they don't, if, they don't, if they don't stop teaching that false doctrine after the second, then church discipline has to kick in. Yeah. But... If there, if I find out a man in the pew thinks that Jesus is going to come back and reign on the earth a thousand years, and I talk to him, and he will not come off of that belief, but he believes everything that we've stated. Jesus is sitting on the throne right now of David. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus didn't fail. 
Jesus meant to establish the church. Baptism is for the remission of sins to be added to the church, which, which makes us subjects in God's kingdom. Then I don't think you can withdraw fellowship from him unless he becomes vocal and starts teaching the heresy yeah, becomes divisive. Yeah. Yeah. Ted says there are several things that one may believe, but does not deny the scripture and he does not teach and bind those things on, on others may go to heaven. Yeah. I, that, that's the only way I can deal. And, and, and that gets back to that. We don't want to make a spiritually or religiously codependent congregation. We want to give people the freedom to work these things out because if you just believe everything I tell you, you're no better off really than believing everything the Baptist pastor tells you. Yeah. Uh, Just for the sake that they told you. Now, if you believe everything I tell you because you trust me and you vet it and you question it, well, I believe that what I'm going to tell you is right. So you are better off, but, but just believing me for the sake of believing me versus believing the Baptist pastor for the sake of the believing the Baptist pastor, you're no, you're no better off with me or him. Yeah. You know, all right. We're going to move to the next one. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Creeds and human authored confessions. That's it. I'll never forget being, being in Benny McVeigh's big old land barge of a car setting under this oak tree in the, in the parking lot of Mount Zion church of Christ. And we had just saw his son receive the Eagle Scout badge or, or whatever. He, he, the ceremony of Eagle Scout. And um, it was at a Methodist church building. And Benny McVeigh, as we were waiting on some of the other men to get there to open up the building so we could go in, he said, well, Tony, did you notice anything about the building we were in? And I said, well, I did. I noticed a couple of things. One, I noticed that little bitty basin of water up front. I said, is that where they do their baptisms? And yes, they, they believe that you can be immersed or you can have water sprinkled or poured over you. I said, well, that, that seems pretty reasonable to me that they would have that. I said, but obviously the, every time somebody's baptized in the Bible, it was an immersion. So that's why we immerse. Well, yes. And I keep in mind, I'm pretty young. I mean, nine, eight or nine years old. He said, did you notice anything else? I said, yes, I did. I said, uh, I noticed the creed and I read the creed and I said, that sounded really, really good. Why don't we have a creed? And with a very patient tone, he says, well, I can see where you would say that it was very good. And in fact, it seems to be a very good thing, but with a creed, if it says more than the Bible, it says too much. If it says less than the Bible, it doesn't say enough. Yeah. And if it says the exact same thing as the Bible, then what use is it? I'm such, even at that young age, Aaron, I was so logical. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So we don't need to have creeds. The Bible is our creed. I don't even, okay, this, this is I personal can see preference. Somebody, I can see somebody trying to jet, to justify it out of sincerity. Yeah. Like even in, I'm talking in the church, oh, like yeah. as a summary of facts, for example. And I, I don't know that that's wrong, 
But you, mm. what you just said, we got to get that. Like, yes. if it's more than the Bible or less than the Bible, you don't need it. it. It's, it's the, too much and not you got, enough. You get, yeah, yeah, you got, you got to get that. Because if you don't, then you, you're, you're giving in to the idea that that something besides the scripture is needed. Yes, and and I want to, I want to go squarely into the realm of personal preference and conjecture. Nobody that I know of. This, this, what I'm about to say, this, nobody I know of is represented by this statement. I cringe at the quote unquote about us section on many congregations websites. Yeah. Because I think if you don't watch it, you, you come across as, well, this is our creed. Yeah. Uh, that, again, that's just me. I'm not saying that if. The, the the Main Street Church of Christ or the Second Street Church of Christ or wherever that you worship, if they have an about me section where that tells what we believe, I'm not saying y'all are going to hell because you got a creed. Yeah. I'm not even saying that you do have a creed. I'm just saying that some I have seen them that kind of makes me cringe. Yeah. What if a church or an eldership said, well, we're going to put on the website like the things that are necessary in order to be saved or necessary in order to be fellowship with God, that kind of thing. Not a I know creed that, but that I know. I guess it can become a creed. Well, so that I, that's th- this is a perfect example of where elders rule. Yeah, is it expedient to have that section on your website that tells quote unquote what we believe? It may not be where you are, and your elders have the have the responsibility for that decision. Yeah. So if if my elders come to me and said, "Hey, we want to have a section on a website that." encapsulates in a few paragraphs what we believe, then it would be incumbent upon me to do that because I am in submission to their authority. Yeah. And in fact, I have done that. Now I have, I have made it in, in a way that I was comfortable with. Yeah. But it still, it still satisfied the eldership. Yeah. And you didn't have to violate your conscience. I guess. And I didn't have to violate my conscience. Yeah. Uh, creeds can come into the church if we are not careful. And that's, I, I believe Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized is the equivalent of a creed. Yeah. Uh, but but it but that's just in the Bible. You're right, it's in the Bible. So then what's what's the use in it? Yeah. I tell you it's a net negative, I believe, because it boils the salvific process. <laughs> it boils salvation down to an order of operations for which I am responsible. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there's not an order of operations for which the individual petitioning God for salvation is responsible, but I'm thinking if that's how you teach it and that's how it comes across, I'm thinking that you have really messed up. I grew up around some good folks in the church, but I think that's true. And from my experience, you know, I grew up around some good congregations overall, but 99 times out of a hundred, when you hear the quote plan of salvation, it doesn't start with the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus and the propitiation that was made. And I, we, but yet we believe all that, but it doesn't get reiterated, but here, believe, repent, confess, be baptized does. And, yep. and, and that, that's the thing. You end up people that are imbalanced. You got a group of people who it appears they believe that they alone are responsible for salvation or that they earn it or that it's steps like, yep degrees or something of salvation. John, yeah. John 
put that in there about steps. Yep. yep. If you're going to teach steps, teach the biblical steps. Repent, turn to God, and bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. There you go. Yep. Now, is there some nuance? Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. But it's built-in nuance. It's scriptural nuance. Mm-hmm. It's not a man-made list. I don't know. I just I, conjecture. Yes. Personal you preference. said that. I, right. And that the thing about here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, we just got to teach on those concepts. All those concepts are in the gospel. I know. I but know. you can't just say, here, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. I've heard that phrase, though, used so many times. You know somebody's going, hmm, what is that? Confess my sins? Confess. Confess, yeah. What yeah, do I confess? Baptized. Why do I need to be baptized? I've been baptized before. Hear what? I already believe in Jesus, but they ain't heard the unadulterated Jesus. I'm just saying, you know, that, know. it's too general. It, that it is. It is too general. Let me read this sentence here. Well, let me read this. The Church of Christ typically rejects human-authored creeds or statements of faith, insisting that the Bible alone is sufficient for guiding faith and practice. They would often quote scriptures like 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 to affirm the sufficiency of the scriptures. Now, the implication from the AI is that 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 affirms the all-sufficiency of scripture. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big statement. Yeah. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and correction and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect. Now listen to this, folks. I'm going to borrow a phrase from our venerable preacher, Ted Knight. <coughs> I want you to lean in and listen. Mm-hmm. It's throughly furnished. For all good works or to all good works. Think about the PTO on a tractor. The PTO is the apparatus that links the tractor's motor and transmission and gearbox to the implement. We'll say it's a bush hog. So as you're driving along and you're pulling the bush hog, nothing is happening. But then whenever you whenever you engage the PTO, the power takeoff, for the longest time I thought PTO stood for transfer because it actually transfers power from the transmission of the tractor to the implement. So the work that the bush hog is supposed to do, the bush hog cannot do unless the power comes through the PTO from the tractor. If you'll look at your King James text, there's two different, there's two different um, texts. There's the Oxford and the Cambridge. I'm pretty sure it's the Cambridge that has throughly. The Oxford does not, and I've uh, this is this is this is just amazing to me. All right, Second Timothy three sixteen. Yeah, that that the that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 
If you'll look at the Oxford text, it's thoroughly. I do not believe thoroughly is adequate for the translation. Think about the Christian is the bush hog. God, where the power is, is the tractor. What connects the Christian and God and transfers power from God to the Christian in order to do the task for which the implement was created? The PTO, the Word. The Word. Yep. Truly furnishes the Christian. Now, it is true that it thoroughly furnishes, but I don't think that adverb is adequate. I think it should be throughly. What's the because, idea of throughly? Because the, the what's word... The, what's the idea of the old word throughly? Throughly? It, yeah. it's, it's an adverb that describes how we're furnished okay. to every good work. Okay. Where we're furnished throughly. So the, the word is like a PTO. The PTO... It's how how does how does the PTO um, furnish the 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 bush hog for every good work of a bush hog? Throughly, power comes through the PTO from the track. So it is like the idea of through, 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 through that. Through, yeah. Okay, I understand. I got you now. The adverb form of through is is that one of those things? There's not a better modern English word, but Honestly, I don't you, think there is in this you case. Got, you got me, though. Throughly, through. That, I got yeah. it. I got it. That's, yeah. Yeah. We just don't talk that way. We don't we do say not. No, no, no. But yeah. through. If you say through, I got it. You get the power through the word. You get, that's it. Which, that's the context. That's what So that saying. means if we get the power through the word, that means all scripture is given by God, and it throughly furnishes. Yeah. Yeah. Because the power is not in the word itself. The power... It, the, the word is only powerful because it comes from God. Yeah. And that's the emphasis of that two verse yeah. section or the whole yeah. section really, but just the, it's emphasizing the, the authority and power of God's word. Absolutely. All right. Little lesson in pedantics. Mm-hmm. Really quick. And uh, furnished through and through, John Exum says. Yep. And again, remember, I don't mean I don't think that you've got a heretic version of the Bible because it says thoroughly and not throughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I just think it's a really interesting tidbit there. Yeah. I was looking at the ASV. I hadn't looked at the history of why they do it that way, but furnished completely is the way the ASV has and I don't That's good enough. Yeah. Furnished. In completely. fact, it's not even it's it's not even denying the original language. Yeah. It's just not as good as thoroughly. <laughs> it don't quite get it the same way the English word through does. Uh-uh. Through this, you know. Let me go here to. Interesting study. Yeah. Which, incidentally, that leads right into the next idea. Direct oh, direct op- operation of the, of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Ghost. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's um, direct operation of the Holy Spirit. Some of the Church of Christ believe that the Holy Spirit operates only through the Word of God rather than through direct personal experience. I would mitigate some of that. I believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit absolutely operates in the world separate and apart from the Word of God 
but not directly as in a miraculous way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you, if you come away from any of my teachings on the Holy Spirit and say, well, Tony doesn't believe that God works in the world today or the Holy Spirit works in the world today except through the word, you will be misrepresenting what I teach and what yeah. I believe. It pertains to salvation and sanctification. That's the 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 spirit through the written yes. word. He only works through, but that doesn't mean generally. He only works through the written word. That's that's too general. Just saying that God only works through the Bible. That's too general. That's not accurate. It, we're talking about salvation and sanctification. To be saved and to be sanctified and that kind of thing to live right, you got to go through the scriptures that the spirit yeah. gave only. That's it. That's it. Yeah, th- th- there's nowhere in Scripture that God directly operates on the heart or mind of a man to yeah. change him. Yeah, not even in the miraculous times. No. That, that's the thing. None, none, none. Um, Jason Goldtrap ha- <clears throat> has, uh, I don't agree with the premillennial teaching, but I completely understand its origins. I've been in the Lord's Church for 55 years. I've never heard a sermon past the seven letters of the <laughs> churches of Asia. <laughs> From my perspective, Revelation 6 with the bowels of judgment, dragons, and the whole of Babylon is just not discussed in the church. Eventually, a Bible reader finds it and is told it isn't knowable. And that's really sad uh, because it is knowable. It's very easily knowable as long as you don't interpret it through the eyes of a nut. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis Case, I think, he used to tell the graduate of the Memphis School of Preaching, uh, before they graduated, he just boys, don't get out there and be a nut. Yeah, boys, brother. I know. Can can you hear him, brother? Yeah. Brother, don't get out there and act like a nut. That's it. And that's, that's hyper stupid. That's hyper stupid. Hyper stupid. <laughs> oh boy, he was. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. all we'll say about that. Honestly, I, I don't agree. While I don't agree with everything that the man says, I think Drew. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Oh my! He really got me on that. <laughs> Drew Leonard. Drew Leonard. I don't. I don't think Drew Barrymore knows <laughs> Revelation. No, I don't think so. But Drew Leonard is really adept at teaching this. And here's the beautiful thing: even if what he says is wrong. What he says is so logically arranged that it unlocks your mind and teaches you how to read these things and be able to scrutinize them yourself. Yeah, his his commentary on, and he is a brother, his commentary on Daniel is super good. It yeah, really Drew is. Leonard. Yep. L-E-O-N-A-R-D, I believe. I, I Drew just, Leonard. I'd recommend anybody, because, man, when you study Daniel, it's really going to help you understand Revelation. Oh, yeah. It's really going to help you understand Revelation. And I hate uh, it. You know, I, what Jason's comment, I, I'm afraid that is so common in the Lord's church. I, yeah, well, you notice I, I didn't, I, I didn't like, well, no, that's just wrong. That's just your, I, no, I, 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 I get I, it. But I, a lot of people come away with the same I know, that's common. Perception. It's just like you only look at the seven churches of Asia Minor, then the rest of the time you're only talking about, if you do talk about the rest of Revelation, a lot of people, well, we know what it doesn't mean. It's like... Okay, that can be helpful to not go into error, but what does it mean? Like, don't, anyhow. 
Drew's commentary on Revelation is going to unlock your mind and give you more of the context probably than any any yep. other brotherhood commentary on Revelation. I'm just going to yep. I'm going to go that far cuz even if you don't agree with his exact he's going to be he's going to be extremely close to the ball cuz it's it's going to be contextual. It's going to take Daniel into account the first century, you know. I mean, that's what we need to it, be thinking about when we're trying to interpret it. It teaches you how to scrutinize apocalyptic language. Even yeah. if Drew got 90% of it wrong and 10% of it right, which I do not believe that's the spread. Right, right. I believe it's probably closer to 90-10 the other way. I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I've, from what I've seen. Like I, I'm, But yeah. I'm just saying, like, let's say that yeah. 10% is right, 90% is wrong. Drew's writings will still teach you how to scrutinize apocalyptic language. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's what's lacking in yeah. a lot of other studies the, the fundamental problem with most people in revelation is the language of the book they don't yes. honor the language of the book it's highly figurative language that's it that's anyhow that's why people misuse the prophets too because oh prophets, yeah so much of the i'm gonna burn the earth down and stars will fall out of heaven and <laughs> moon won't give its light and all that people what's gonna happen in 2025 in it's central climate, america climate change it's climate change anyhow all right Tithing, the last one. Many in the... Well, hold on a second. Let me do this. Direct operation of the Holy Spirit. Um, they tend to view contemporary claims of miraculous gifts of the Spirit with skepticism, favoring a more cessationist view. We're just cessationist. The age of miracles ended. But he, he, here's what I want to end with on this section, Aaron. Yeah. In order for you to be saved, to live for an eternity with God in heaven through Christ Jesus the Son, the Word of God is all sufficient. I think of the passage of Scripture where Paul tells the Ephesian elders, I commend you to God and the power of His Word, which is able, and the power and the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up yeah. and uh, give you an inheritance among those that believe. I, that's not verbatim, but that's yeah. close enough. Acts 20. Did you already say it? 32, I think. Yeah. Is it 32? I tied yeah, yeah. Okay. I can double check it. And if I'm wrong, I'll mention it, but go ahead. All right. Now. Yeah. Going to, and, and I just wanted to end with that. Like the, the, the Holy spirit is not going to directly operate on your heart and mind. And he's not going to illuminate the word. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Because. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, correction, instruction, and righteousness. The man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into every good work. You don't need anything other than the word. The yeah. seed is the word of God. If you feel illuminated while you're studying the Bible, it's because you're thinking on it more. You're studying yes. it more in its context. Yeah. You're getting excited. You're getting excited and you start yep. seeing things. We say the light bulb went off. But that's not the Holy Spirit directly illuminating you. No. He, he's already illuminated it. He don't illuminate it again and again and again and again. When it was written, it was illuminated. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's sufficient. It has light in it. Thy that's, word is a lamp unto my right. feet and a light unto my path. That's right. It's already been illuminated, and we have that illumination. Footprints of Jesus that make, make the, the pathway, pathway glow. glow. Yep. That's the word, folks. Yep. Right. Oh, and you could even argue Jesus' footpaths help us to interpret the written scripture. You got that like, right. Like his footprints glow and where he's been and what he did 
illuminates the whole shebang. Well, That's shit, it. Shebang. The whole, the whole outfit, the whole, the whole king caboodle. Yeah, exactly. Man, I love that thought because that's what he Isaiah, taught. You know? Well, Isaiah 53. You can't understand Isaiah 53 without the book of Matthew through Revelation. Yep. It makes no sense. The nation? The nation suffered it. for the nation? The nation suffered all right, but it ain't unique and personal. It ain't a that's human it. being that, like, that did, no. A singular individual, no. All right. Drew Leonard is from my town. Da 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 da. da. This is my town. We're going to get a copyright strike. We're singing that so good. Hey, involved to service at the Church of Christ. There ain't an empty seat to be found. I know. This is my town. That's right. There, you know, there's a lot of mentions of the Church of Christ in in older country music. Really. I've noticed yes. two two times in their song. Well, I think. Uh, I think I'm on a roll here in Little Rock. Solid as a stone, baby, wait and see. I've got just one more, one small problem here in Little Rock. Without you, baby, I'm not me. Um, hey, I don't know that one. And then he goes, I like the preacher from the Church of Christ. I'm okay. sorry that I cried when I talked to you last night. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. a good song. And yeah, cool. you wonder which church of Christ in Little Rock is he talking about. Yeah. All right. Cause he's working for Walmart, by the way, in the song. Oh, he, he's selling VCRs in Arkansas to Walmart. <laughs> That's okay. a whole song. But he's selling VCRs for sure. <laughs> oh, VCRs. All right. Tithing. Many in the church of Christ consider tithing a requirement to give 10% of one's income as an Old Testament practice not prescribed for the New Testament church. They refer to passages such as 2 Corinthians 9-7, emphasizing cheerful and, what's the word? Voluntary. Voluntary. Giving, yep. Not compulsory. Not compulsory. And not uh, transactional. We had a whole episode on that. Yep. And, and I think that helps people so much to have a nomenclature mm-hmm. of the opposite of a free will offering. Because everybody, well, a free will offering is the only thing. Well, then what's so wrong with the bake set? Because it's transactional. Mm-hmm. And God said it's got to be done free will. Yep. Nothing in return for it. That's. I don't even care Like when people just carelessly, oh, if you give, it'll be given back to you. It's like. Okay, Jesus did say Sometimes. it will be given to you and pressed down and shaken in Luke 6 30. That's a very beautiful and powerful truth. Yep. It, it that ain't you know, it's not like a tit for tat, not tit no. for tat, like a transactions one. Well, I'm like I, I know I'm gonna need two hundred dollars in January, so I'm gonna give a hundred dollars in November. I mean And that'll give the Lord plenty of time to get up the money. Yeah. That's yeah. not how it works. Sometimes the way people say things, especially those denominational I know. You can't outgive the Lord. It's like, that's true. But like the way you said that. <laughs> I, it, it sounds like it. T.D. Jake's Creefro Dollar Prosperity it, it Gospel. It sounds like, give us more. Seed money. Give us more. I know. You can't outgive the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I, I have noticed. I am. <laughs> Aaron, I'm the world's worst missionary. Because I have an aversion about talking good about myself and the yeah. work I'm doing. Yeah. I actually don't like reporting it. on it. Don't like reporting. I hate reporting on the work. Yeah. Yeah. And I you would think that I would do it. I know. And I'm like, I it's know. all God's work. 
and it just, I mean, I, I met with the congregation and I actually told them, I said, listen, I, I don't want this congregation to not get their needs met because I am a poor advocate. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a good marketer, are you? I'm not a good marketer for the congregation. Cause I think, I think we ought not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we ought to, but yeah. anyway, it's personal. But somebody, somebody, somebody whose conscience it doesn't bother could just write something and just say, God has look at what God has been providentially doing right here in our, you know, I know right, it. right, right here in his congregation and Riverview, you know, God and has it, blessed us with 10 Bible studies. God has let, I mean, I know. you know, it wouldn't be a sin just, you know, to do that. Well, I mean, we're, we just keep creeping up and we are not doing any personal evangelism in the community. I mean, because quite frankly, we we haven't been ready. We've had to heal. We've had to build. We've, mm-hmm. you know, Jeremiah talked about tearing down, build, stamping, and and building back. Yep. Well, we've we've been in this process of of we tore down, we rooted out. Now we're in the process of building up, and I figure at springtime, whenever things get active again here, that we're going to have we're going to experience exponential growth. Mm-hmm. Like yep. to where we'll have to have two different services, yeah, in order to accommodate everybody. Yeah, like we got it. We right now we've got to build a building. If we convert, if we convert one more family, we're already going to have to put overflow people in the attic. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I said that like it's not nearly that. It's a finished, like we have classrooms and stuff up there. I think we'll be sitting up there, a bunch of R33 or whatever it is. I know. I yeah. R, what is it? What's the most? R- uh, it's R11. It depends. R11. R rating is the, is the, is the yeah. level of insulation. So you have R19, R33, R33 whatever. I knew there was a 30. I've put some yeah. of that stuff in different houses in years past, but yeah. Couldn't remember. But anyway, so, so that, that's my deal. It's, it's, it's hard for me to, I don't know why we said that. Uh, just talking about bragging on mission. Oh yeah. 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 Bragging. Well, the, the congregation here reporting is different than bragging. If you have the right attitude, I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, so the congregation here is very, very, very liberal in the giving more so than probably any congregation I've ever been a part of. And as such, I feel like that is the reason God is blessing us. This congregation wants to do what is right. They want to learn as much as they can, and they want to convert people to Christ. Yeah. And as such, we just keep, like, we keep getting these people dumped in our laps. Yeah. That's great. You know? We we have visitors. We have non-member visitors here. Seems like one every service. Yeah. And so it's like, they're walking. They're walking like you can go knock on a twenty-five doors, and one person won't come to the door. Here's somebody that's voluntarily walking to our services. They're walking in the building. It's like we got to build a bridge with them and teach them, right? And there are others that are on to that. I'm not the only one, thankfully. So, but you can't expect increase without planting the seed and cultivating. That's right. That's it. That's it. All right, so we've discussed how the Church of Christ is different according to artificial intelligence, 
and what the AI on Bing says. And I, I quite frankly, Aaron, I, I wasn't too disappointed. Yeah, nearly all of it reflects the scriptures. I mean, yeah. it's and and I thought there were some jewels in there that mm-hmm. the you know again from from the perspective of a third person omniscient narrator. They just understood that the scriptures affirm that the scriptures are all that is necessary. What else was it? Um, that yeah. that mechanical instruments of music are not authorized. Yeah, and that in order to be baptized, you have to be of be an immersed. age to at least believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the scriptures teach that it's immersion. Yep, and that's what the AI affirmed through this. Through this format of a of a third person, you know, it's like when it pertains to becoming a Christian and scriptural worship. God was the clearest of all. Ain't <laughs> even that the, the truth. AI gets it? Even the artificial <laughs> intelligence gets it. It's like no, it ain't like he did it. It's like we said earlier about Barry's comment. It ain't like he he did. He was the clearest about these. Yeah, I can do that. Um, <laughs> I tell you what I'll do in the Christianity Now Facebook group. I will upload it as a PDF. In fact, let me do this. File. What what, what am I doing? Export to PDF. All right. Next. John's comment. VCR. Very cool reels. <laughs> That's not what laugh. it means, John. <laughs> I'm laughing mood today. I appreciated his comments and others too. I just I like to get a laugh in on the show, man. You know, it's like it's just real life. Like very cool reels. Oh yeah. <laughs> he looked up Drew Barrymore and he said he's glad he wasn't drinking water when he did. Because he oh. already heard us laughing about it. And it's what gotcha. Drew yeah, Barrymore. Drew, Drew Leonard the preacher, you know. Yeah. Poor old Drew Barrymore. Boy, yeah. she, could you imagine the life that that, that that girl probably was sexually molested and oh. all different kinds of stuff. She's been in that life since she was a little bitty girl. Yeah. And her family, I've not researched it much, but once upon a time I read a few things on Wikipedia years ago. I don't, but I know her family is very famous. Like yeah. parents, grandparents. I think like it must be some kind of like cousins of royalty or something probably at some point way back i don't know they were rich i think yep i mean i think it goes back like great grandparents were famous or something rich or movie stars or something well that brings a lot of unneeded expectations and exposure a lot of bad things to anybody let alone a kid growing up yep here is the AI-generated document that we looked at on the show. All right, so I uploaded that in the Christianity Now Facebook group. (laughs) Diana Hart says, I missed about the first 50 minutes of this lesson. Well, that's okay. The first 50 minutes, we didn't talk about the differences of the Church of Christ. We talked about war. <laughs> it, was a, it was the first about 20, 30, nearly. Yeah, 20, I guess it was about 30 minutes. 30 minutes max, yeah. 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 All right. So uh, I put that I put that 
document in the Christianity Now group. It's there. That's Boom, for you. Yeah. yeah. Remember, remember, this is an AI thing. Right. So don't share it saying, hey, look what Tony wrote. Tony didn't write that. Being AI wrote that. Right. You should read this article because Tony wrote it and it should convince you to obey God. No, right. it's an AI document that, and then that four reflects five, truths know, that are in the Bible. We're making four four or five times in the, in the document it says, it refers to the Church of Christ as another denomination. Yeah. Oh, here's my story on that. Oh, yeah. I was somewhere, I was somewhere, and one of the congregations I was a part of, at some point in my life, and somebody says, they come up to me, ask me a Bible question, and I tried to answer, and they said, so what do, what do the other denominations believe about that? And it just flabbergasted me. Like I was like, what do you mean? They said, well, what does the other denomination? I said, I don't know. I'm not part of a denomination. Oh, that's should, so rough. I, I was like, you shouldn't be either. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean, you know. But that's yeah, they, they people, don't. Yeah, <laughs> they don't understand what they're saying. They don't. They're like, so what? So what do other, all the other denominations do? I'm like, don't you missed it? Yep. I'm not sure you were baptized correctly. That's that's very possible. I just and I would I, I tell people you need to you need to think about it. You need to rethink yeah. it. I know. Um, Sue Ross says, I think I missed a good part of the beginning, just listening and not commenting. Well, we're glad you're here regardless. And Philip S. Carmen said, thank you. And uh, we appreciate it. Aaron, you got anything you want to close with? I got to get off here. I got to get Abigail. No, no, I was, it was great. Uh, you just go to the scriptures and you can, the old preachers used to preach, uh, sermons, the earmarks of the Lord's church. And stuff yeah. like that, you know, the marks of the one church. And incidentally, uh, I'm going to have to start preaching about this because the Lord has dumped several people in our lap. Yeah, and they need to know these things. That, 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 yeah. yeah, we're going to have to go back. God wants to know those, that stuff. I guarantee it. It's His doctrine. I know. So, and if 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 you go to the Baptist church, what are you going to hear a sermon about? Not the earmarks of the one church. How to be a Baptist. How to be a Baptist. And the Baptists know if they come to visit the Church of Christ, they're all to hear sermons about how to be a member of the Church of Christ. Yep. yep. I remember being told that uh, uh, one of our teachers said that somebody come to him and said, hey, I've got my Baptist friend here today, so don't say anything bad about the Baptist or, 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 or whatever. Yeah. So my teacher said, what do you think I did? I preached about the Church of Christ and how denominationalism is wrong. And how to be a member of the Church of Christ, and and what the what the what the reason for that was, and at the end, whenever everybody was filing out and everybody was shaking hands, that dude was mad. But his friend said, "I'm so glad you preached that sermon. There's so much there I didn't know." Oh me, we're we're ashamed. I say we, so editorial many, we, yeah. editorial we. So many Christians are ashamed of the gospel. I know. We 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 are where so many of our brethren, they're ashamed of the gospel. I tell you, when the meeting was over here, when John Shannon preached, I said one of the greatest things I was reminded of is it's a sin to be ashamed of the gospel. And we yep. will we will be lost forever if we're ashamed of the gospel. You got that the right. The earmarks of the church either make you proud to be a Christian and thankful to the Lord, or they make you to be ashamed because you don't love the truth. You don't love the Lord. You're more concerned about not hurting people's feelings. That's why you got to preach the truth and love of the truth, not love of your buddy. 
If you love your buddy more than you love the truth, you'll compromise the truth. That's why you love the truth and you preach the truth and love of the Lord and the truth. You don't do it, it for others. You, Yeah, you love the lost, but that's not your focus in preaching the truth. Your focus is you love the truth and you love the Lord. You got that right. Which if you love the truth, you love the Lord because the truth comes from the Lord of truth. He said, I am the truth. But anyhow, that's enough. You can clip that one later. Uh-huh, that's it. That's it. Man, let me tell you something. We have eight live viewers on the YouTube. Oh, great. I would ask if you are watching this on YouTube and you have not yet, please hit that subscribe button yeah. and the notification bell. Yeah. Help us to grow the YouTube. That that would be a great boon. And I cannot tell, but we have three people on Christianity Now and three people on Christianity Now. The problem is, or three people on Christianity Now and one person, I can't tell which one's in the group and which one's not. Yeah. But that's cool. We got people watching on Tuba Two Podcast, and we got two people on my personal account. But if you would, Christianity Now streams and follow us, like us, hit the notification bell. Aaron, I think I'm done. Hey, yeah, me too. I've enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody. Please share, share, share. That's it. God bless every one of you. Remember to subscribe on Cogitations Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Jason Goldtrap says he's on the general Facebook, which means he's probably on my personal profile. Yeah. Which is nothing wrong with that. We're glad you're here. That's right. Um, but consider subscribing on Christianity Now streams and check us out on Substack. It's a free subscription and all that good stuff. God bless every one of you. This has been Tony Burr and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. And remember, the Church of Christ is different. We'll catch you on the flip side.